1: Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello, readers. It's Lauren at
1: the Reading Bug Children's Bookstore here with a very special author interview episode. Our next Reading Bug Adventure will still be available tomorrow. I can't wait. In the meantime, though, we received so much great feedback from all over the country for our first story of the season, a baseball adventure featuring Jackie Robinson, and books that included titles from Mr. Robinson's daughter, Sharon Robinson, that when Ms. Robinson came to visit our bookstore and local schools this past week, I made sure to interview her for a special bonus podcast episode. Our baseball episode dealt with inclusivity, bravery, and civil rights during a tumultuous time in American history. Sharon Robinson has written many wonderful books, both fiction and nonfiction, and her latest book, Child of the Dream, a memoir of 1963, details her life during the civil rights movement and all the things, both positive and negative, that she and her family experienced together during that time, when she was just a 13-year-old girl. The book is written for ages 8 to 12 years old, and some of the themes discussed with Ms. Robinson in the following episode are complex and difficult, just like the time she writes about. The interview, therefore, may not be suitable for young children. We hope hearing from Ms. Robinson can help open up even more conversation and will inspire you to read Sharon's books. For a limited time, author-signed copies of Child of the Dream, A Memoir of 1963, and The Hero Two Doors Down are both available at thereadingbug.com. I am here today with author and educator, Sharon Robinson, the daughter of the very famous baseball player, Jackie Robinson, who was not just any old baseball player, but also an incredible influence on the civil rights era and beyond. Um, Sharon is famous and incredibly influential in her own right, and we are so excited to have her with us today. Thank, thank you so much for being here. Well,
0: thank you for having me.
1: So before we get into your life uh, as an author, which is just one of your many accomplishments, mm-hmm. um, can you share a little bit about your career with us and your achievements over the years?
0: Well, I was a nurse midwife for 25 years and included 10 years of of teaching midwifery in in universities across the country. Uh, And after I retired from midwifery, I started publishing and working for Major League Baseball. And for the past 24 years, we've had a program in schools across the country uh, that's called Breaking Barriers in Sports and Life. And it's a program that teaches kids that obstacles or barriers are part of life. We give them values that I associate with my dad's success I don't have to field as strategies to overcome their obstacles, mm-hmm. and then it culminates in a national essay contest. So over the 24 years, we've gotten between 8 and 14,000 essays from children all over the country in grades 4 through 9, so we really have had a handle on what's going on with kids. It's been very inspirational for us, and we read them and select 10 national winners, and uh, I go out to the schools and bring prizes and... Uh, kids are uh, honored at baseball games and then the grand prize winners are honored either at the World Series or the um, All-Star Weekend. So it's been incredible work and uh, we've loved it and we're shifting a little bit so that I'm not going out to schools now, but the materials are still going to be on uh, Scholastic.com, Scholastic's website. Okay, great. Um, so that's the program of Scholastic and Major League Baseball. So in addition to that, I've been writing books for children.
1: Just on the side. <laughs> the side. Just a little side <laughs> gig. So what, what made you want to write?
0: You know, I always loved to read and write. I didn't know I was going to be an author. I wanted to be a nurse, wanted to be a midwife, and I accomplished those, and then I got pushed, because I was on faculty, to publish. And it made me think about writing in a different kind of way. And from that, I wrote my a memoir in nineteen ninety that was published in nineteen ninety seven for adults. And then I started working with Major League Baseball and Scholastic on um, the Breaking Barriers program and loved children as an audience and I haven't looked back. So I've done ten books for children. And you've written so
1: many important books um, about your dad. And I was wondering. How do you feel about writing about someone who was so close to you as opposed to writing about a fictional character is it harder is it easier
0: or um, it's probably easier to I've written both mm-hmm. I've written fictional characters as well and I fictional fictional characters you're you're creating creating those characters so it's actually a little easier to write about my dad and I had no um, because I because he was a great dad as well as um, it was inspirational to me as well mm-hmm. as to uh, to to other people, so it was it was nice for me to be able to share stories um, about him with with children. I wanted them to know that he was a great dad as well as um, a great baseball player and a civil rights activist. And so it's it's been fun to share those stories. Mm-hmm. And y- y- so I
1: just finished reading your brand new book, Child mm-hmm. of the Dream, a memoir of 1963. And you were just a little girl in the middle of this giant civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and the experiences that you write about, it's so vivid, and I, I can see myself there. And I was wondering if you can explain to our audience a little bit about the era, what it felt like to be a part of that.
0: So in 1963, you know, my, my dad, when he retired from Major League Baseball in 1957, he started right away traveling and raising money for the NAACP. So he was involved in the civil rights movement primarily as a fundraiser, but he would also go out on voter registration drives and go on marches and be supportive of... Uh, however he could. In 1962, he and Dr. King um, became partners as mm-hmm. well. Um, Dr. King gave a dinner for my dad when he was elected into the Hall of Fame in New York City, and then, from the end, then my dad started doing some fundraising for SCLC, which was Dr. King's organization. Um, and at the same time, um, I was 13 at the time, and it was a, just a pivotal year for us in our home Um, when I, the day after I turned 13, Governor Wallace makes his pronouncement, you know, segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever, and to me, that was a declaration of war. Mm -hmm. So it drew me into this movement in a different kind of way. I wanted to understand um, how, you know, weren't we free? I mean, some basic things I just didn't understand about the movement at that point, and I wanted to understand them better and we we learned together through watching on television what was going on in Birmingham, Alabama. And um, when the Children's March occurred, or the Children's Crusade, it was also called, uh, in May of 1963, I was watching it on television with my family, and and that's the story I wanted to tell because children were uh, lifting their voices, going to jail, um, surviving, being, Hosed down with fire hoses and being threatened by dogs, and to me, uh, they were so such they were so courageous. I wanted to share that with uh, children today, so they understand that it did make a difference. As a result of that, um, the civil rights movement and Dr. King got the intent in Birmingham, got the attention that they needed to press forward on the Civil Rights Act of 1964.
1: So in your book, you you have conversations with your dad throughout, and, and mm-hmm. one of the ones that stood out to me is when you went into New York City with him, or you would do that often, mm-hmm. um, and sitting down and talking to him about being brave and standing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it seems that he's the one that, of course, instilled that in you. How has that shaped you throughout your life?
0: Well, it has. You know, I uh, it's, it started when I was, mm, even before 13, it started like when I was 10, and I well I didn't stand up for myself enough and I wanted to. So when I was 10 I had my first sort of conflict with my dad in that um, my fifth grade teacher told me we had to go home and find out who our dad was voting for. Mm -hmm. And I knew my dad was um, supporting Nixon but I wanted to come back the next day and say JFK, John F. Kennedy because he was going to divide the the room into two sides and I wanted to sit on the Kennedy side because that's who I would have supported. And my dad at that point sat down with me and had this one-to-one about his meeting with, with um, John F. Kennedy and his meeting with Richard Nixon and why he decided to move forward with Richard Nixon. And I didn't get it exactly, but it was my <laughs> first time having sort of an adult conversation with my dad about politics, but also about life. And he talked about the importance of looking someone in the eye when, you know, and that's how you establish trust. Mm-hmm. Um, So anyway, they started then, and then I had to advocate for myself in school. So my dad's message was, you know, as we were having these dinner table conversations, he would always, we would talk about the children in the movement. So whether it was in 1957 um, with the Little Rock Nine, or as we moved into uh, Birmingham, and that Seeing the the kids and and them not being afraid to stand up was very encouraging to me. And I I wanted to be part of the larger movement and part of that, you know, really having to be courageous. You know, I I wasn't quite sure how I was going to feel about if I got carted off to jail. But I wanted to test that and be a part of that.
1: Was that always a fear for you, getting carted off to jail?
0: No. It wasn't always a fear for me, but when I saw the children being carted yes. off to jail, yeah. it became a fear. Yeah. You know, I was more afraid of war. Yeah, um, and to me, that this was a kind of a war, and going to jail was only part of the consequences. You mm-hmm. know, and part of what you risk, and part of what you were willing to sacrifice. At that point, I wasn't even thinking about loss of life. Um, I didn't. That's why I was so hit so hard when the Sixteenth Street Church was bombed and four little girls were killed, mm-hmm. because then it hit me. Oh, you know, it wasn't just about going to jail. You could really lose your life, yeah. and that was a such a big sacrifice. Yeah,
1: nothing that any child should ever have it to. have to, yeah, or deal with. Mm-hmm. So we uh, at the Reading Bug um, were so inspired by your story and your book, particularly in *Child of the Dream*. Um, that we wrote an episode of Reading Bug Adventures about your dad and about baseball um, and about uh, the civil rights era. Mm. Uh, and we were so inspired by his bravery and we yes. took that word and that was what we used for this episode and wrote this song called Thank You, Jackie Robinson. <laughs> okay, And um, we um, we've, we've had such an incredible response. Um, from people who've listened to the episode and saying thank you that this has really uh, opened up their minds and they've been able to talk with their children about the civil rights movement and about how important it is to stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. and then we've of course led them to your book and there's so many of them out there right now reading Child of the Dream a memoir of 1963 just because of this so fantastic we were so excited um, and we wanted to share that song with you I'd love to hear it
2: Nobody thought they'd see the day The great Jackie Robinson would get to play In a game of Major League Baseball The greatest American pastime of them all You could hit, you could catch, you could run, you could win But none of that mattered for the color of your skin Still you never gave up on your dreams And then Mr. Ricky put you on the team you were strong. You were different. You were brave by being you. Thank you, Mr. Robinson, for helping me to be brave, too. Jackie, I know what you had to bear. Being different, something you share, stuck in this chair kids won't give me a shot they taunt and they tease me like the teases you got but when I felt lonely I listened to your games and was ever inspired by the way you played you never gave up and you never gave in, you kept playing your best and trying to win, you were strong you were different you were brave by being you Thank you, Mr. Robinson, for helping me to be brave, too. Your bravery inspired bravery in me, so I tried to be a winner despite adversity. No matter all the times I swung and struck out, too, I tried and tried again, tried to be like you kept on trying, the more I found success. And the teasing and the taunting mattered less and less. I want to thank you, Jackie, from the bottom of my heart for always staying strong and so brave and smart. You were strong. You were different. You were brave by being you. Thank you, Mr. Robinson. Yes, thank you, Mr. Robinson. Thank you, Mister Robinson, for helping me to be brave too.
1: So, in listening to that song, what, um, do you get the same thing from your readers? Do you get people writing to you um, about what your stories have meant to them? Yes. All Anything the stand Children. out?
0: Well, you know, um, I, probably my most letters came around the Hero Two... I, mean, I, I always get letters, mm-hmm. but the most compelling ones have been Hero Two Doors Down. And they kids have written about how it has helped them think about... Um, their own behavior or they write me and say they learn to appreciate their family or their dad even more and they realize you know because in the book Steve's Steve loses his dad um, and they write about um, how they they're like Steve and you know part of that is boys you know struggling a little bit at that point um, and they love how they love the idea or the fantasy that their hero would live two doors down, and that's sort of what they write to me about.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should mention that's that's a fictional account, but also, you know, based in truth. Based on, ju- on based on truth, truth mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful book. Yeah. We use that all the time in our subscription boxes for
0: reading Oh, box. yeah, I know no. You know, I was happy with uh, A Child of a Dream because this is the first time I've had a girl on the cover. Yes. And, uh, you know, since it's focusing on my life, you know, mm-hmm. I'm reaching... Girls and boys, mm-hmm. but this is my first time. Because all of my other books are very sports-driven, and even though they have great girl characters, mm-hmm. you know, it's always the boy antagonist that gets the has the most play. So yeah,
1: I, I really, I really appreciate that, and we'd like to empower women, um, you know, to do the great things that you've done. And yeah, no, I, it's 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 such a it's such an important thing for kids to see themselves on a cover, right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. So if you had uh, one bit of advice to give to a child who wants to be a writer, what would it be?
0: Um, My, you know, if you want to write, you have to write. Um, So whether it's writing in a journal, writing essays, creating stories, um, just keep on writing and working at it and and learn to love to write. But you also have to read. I mean, Mm -hmm. from reading, we really understand writing better. We see character development and plot, how plots are formed. Um, so it's a combination of, I, I encourage kids to write often, even if it's a journal entry, every day write you know, write something. Um, if they wanna just be creative, that's great. Or if they wanna do something about their personal life, that's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and continue to read. But I, I really, it's, it's persistence, it's determination, all of that comes in when you wanna move from loving to read and write to actually writing. Mm-hmm. It's um, a labor of love, and I know personally it's been uh, tremendously satisfying. I particularly love writing for children. I, I love them as an audience. They inspire me. They, they give me a lot of hope. I feel like this is such an exciting generation. They're already activists in their own kind of ways and creative ways, and um, it's, it's what we need. And, and so I continue to write for children because I love them as an audience.
1: Mm-hmm. So, speaking of that determination and persistence, which you certainly have, what's next for you?
0: I don't know. I, I debate about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a ninety seven year old mother mm-hmm. who needs time with me. Mm-hmm. Um I have my own health issues. I have a life, and I, I'd like to have some time with the life. so I think i'm I'm gonna pressure myself a little bit less, mm-hmm. do less traveling and try to focus on um, being around more for my mom and and by and just having a personal life mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as working, because you, I will always write. I, I'm going to continue to work with Major League Baseball, but I'm just doing it in a different kind of way.
1: And it sounds like that's exactly um, the way you grew up. I mean, your family—it seemed that family always came first—and mm-hmm. um, and and it's so great that that's still that's that's still important. instilled in you. Yeah, you know, my mom's mm-hmm. been
0: um, just so supportive. She knows I'm on tour. She's so excited. She saw me on CNN the, CNN the other day. She was Hello. like, "Oh." She thought it was I did so well, and uh, my niece is staying with her, so I can not feel guilty about yeah. being on tour. Yeah. But she needs time, so. Thank you so much
1: for being with us today. It's my pleasure. You can buy Child of the Dream, A Memoir of 1963 at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. And for a limited time at The Reading Bug, we'll have author-signed copies, so be sure to order yours soon. Sharon Robinson, thank you so much. Oh, thank you.